stop. When you, when you, when you do what? That means I talk. When I shoot it over there. Oh, when you point at me like yes. that? Yes. All right, well, I'm pointing at you. Let's get us going. Get us going. Okay, so hello. You're listening to Beyond Conception. Yes. And this is your host, Shalmika and Hattie's daddy. Desmond Sweet. And thank you all so much for listening and your support. And we want to thank all of our family members and friends and colleagues and even random, you know, people that we don't know that have been listening and providing um, what you like and feedback and just your support of this podcast. And so this is where you find your weekly dose of faith, hope, love, and of course, laughter. And we started off this podcast with some laughter, some shenanigans going on before we got on the mic. So it's never a dull moment in the sweet household. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at BBE underscore conception, as well as to um, what? Like, like subscribe, subscribe. I said all that. of the above. All that above. And rate us. Yeah, but we're here to normalize the conversation of infertility. Yes. But then also looking at it from the perspective of a couple yes. instead of just a singular perspective for male or female, but it is a united front that yes, we have yes. and things that we face collectively yes and so, we are a christian couple yes a believing couple mm-hmm. a god-fearing couple mm-hmm. so there's also that piece that is wrapped up in there while a lot of our information will be shared as factual it's based on our own experiences right. and it will always be laced with a layer of hope and faith and just plain old Jesus Christ. Come on. And so with that said, um, from our perspective too, we are not medical providers. So if you do suspect that you are having infertility issues or just health problems, um, the information that we give is not for you to, you know, self-diagnose, but seek professional help. Um, Because again, we didn't go to school for that. Yeah, because (laughs) we even talked about how we're going to do our own episode about unsolicited advice here coming in the future. So we don't want to be on your list of people who are just giving unsolicited advice. But we know that if you're listening, you want some solicitation. So even though we're kind of putting it out there, we're not knocking on your shoulder for it. But we hope that you are listening or even, hey, give somebody else some unsolicited advice and have them tune in. Okay. So let's talk about it. Um, This is episode four. Yeah. And so, wow, we're on a roll here. And with that being said, we're going to talk about today how we were able to um, get pregnant. Beat the odds. We beat the odds and we got pregnant. And the reality is, is that we know that even in this journey of having fertility issues, it isn't always a guarantee. No, life isn't always promised. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is that for some, they may conclude their fertility journey by not physically, you know, biologically conceiving children mm-hmm. and having that idea of mm-hmm. a pregnancy. But there's other ways to mm-hmm. have a family, whether it be through adoption or surrogacy or um, whatever the case may be, being a great aunt or uncle. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ways to develop a family in our world, and we're appreciative of that. But we're talking about for us and our journey, you know, we were blessed to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And in getting pregnant, oh, what were you going to say? Go ahead. Well, you know, we, we were talking about how we beat the odds. And mm-hmm. so, in order to really embrace how we beat the odds, 
let's just circle back on what those odds were, right? We covered right. that in episode one that I had the one in 100,000 chance of conception. Mm-hmm. You separately had a one in 100,000 chance of conception. Yeah. So the fact that we were able to conceive was a miracle in itself. Mm-hmm. And so um, this episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, when we found out. We're going to talk about that day and how excited we were and, oh and all gosh. of that kind of stuff when we found out that we were actually pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think you can start the story best since it was... <laughs> well, you're a great storyteller. You, yeah, but that's not the point. Um, but oh. it was <laughs> it's, it was your pregnancy. So It was um, our pregnancy. Yeah. We yeah, were together. Yeah, it's not just yeah. about me. It's us. I hope we were together. Well, you the pappy. I hope I <laughs> you are. So um, we were we were traveling, right? And oh, we oh noticed because that's where it really starts, right? Because you were oh my gosh, you, you you had some health issues going on, and you were just not yourself. Well, it wasn't even health issues. I wasn't dealing with nothing except for this infertility stuff, you know, the PCOS and yeah. But I'm saying on that, that trip, you were acting sick. Oh, I was dead sick. So yeah. let's go back. Yes, let's go back. So. It was, we were going to visit our brother and sister in D.C. And we have been planning this trip. And we finally, it's our day of travel, right? Mm -hmm. So the morning of, as we were getting ready to get on our flight, I'm just sick. I even have pictures in the airport where I'm literally stretched across the benches, waiting at the gate. Like, feel like I'm about to throw up, head spinning, just out of it. And so I get on the plane and it was like the worst flight ever and just feeling nauseous and headache and dizzy. And I literally have another picture of me with like my coat over my head because the light was irritating me. So we get to DC, we're visiting with our family and the whole trip, I'm just miserable. I'm miserable. You're like, are you okay? You're trying to attend to me. What's going on? Yeah, because you were like, you were out of breath. Yeah, okay, so we were in D.C., but then um, my brother and sister... And at this time, I'm 500 pounds, and I'm walking, (laughs) and I'm not out of breath, and you out of breath. Oh, yeah, and I don't get winded like that. And so we're visiting in D.C., and so we decide to take a trip to New York, which is only like a few hours away from D.C. Mm -hmm. So even that car ride, I'm just sick and not feeling well. My mood, I mean, my mood, everything was just off. Sweating. And so we walk around D.C. Well, we walk around now we're in New York. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I knew you weren't going to like New York. I knew you weren't going to like I told you, Desi stinks. It's loud. It's not <laughs> Phoenix. It's different kind of dirty. The smells, the subway. You didn't like that. Well, I mean, I wasn't clicking my heels and like, ooh, I can't wait to get to New York. Yeah, well, I just, told you. It was I a wanted, part of the trip. That was part, you know, of my... Wanting to be, you know, single in the city kind of thing. So I had been to New York before, but now this is my first time going with you. And then we were with our family. Yeah. And so it was this whole experience. And I was trying to get into it, but I couldn't because I had all these underlying issues and just didn't know what was going on. So we were going around sightseeing and we had just got off the subway. And you were like being a Phoenix boy that you are. It's like, I need a taxi because we were going to go and see the World Trade Center Memorial. And we were looking for it, and, and you had to get. going to go to the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, and you had to get all these tickets and this and that to get into the memorial. Mm-hmm. And so we were walking from the subway 
to the site to get the tickets to go see the World Trade Center mm-hmm. Memorial. Yeah. And I became so winded. Well, first and of I all, started, first of all, what? can we talk about this what? idiot of a taxi driver who, what? to me, part of his responsibility uh-huh. is to tell us, I'm taking you somewhere that oh. you need tickets for. Right. He drives <laughs> us to ground zero only for us to get in line for him to say, where's your, where's your ticket? ticket? Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, you need tickets. And anyway, yeah, that was... A crazy thing because it's like he should have told us, but he didn't. And then he, and remember the distance was off because that's where I got winded. He was like, "Oh, it's just a few blocks over there." Yeah. So yeah. a few blocks, yeah. we're thinking like around he the corner. He basically picked us up, drove us two blocks, and told us to get out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was like not around the corner, so we had to walk. And so I'm winded, and at this time I was like dry heaving, like I couldn't, like I needed my throat was dry, and I needed some water. And you were like, "Are you okay?" And I was grabbing the fence. But can we just say? We knew you weren't pregnant. Well, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't expect that. Because that was nowhere in the mindset. That. Well. It was. It wasn't your. It wasn't in mine. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you how I had a little inclination that maybe I was pregnant. You would think with all this going on. And we were having, you know, unprotected sex, you know. Yeah, because we're and married. We were, we're married, but yeah. hey, but we weren't trying. Some married people try to prevent pregnancy, but we weren't necessarily, obviously. So we were in the hotel room in New York, mm-hmm. and I was laying down in bed to go to sleep that night, mm-hmm. and I just felt so. How do I explain? I felt lonely, mm. and I don't think I ever told you this. Obviously, I haven't because your facial expression right now. Mm. But I was laying there and I was saying to myself, I literally had this thought of, gosh, you know, I'm here in New York mm-hmm. and I'm here with my husband and I'm here with my family. Mm-hmm. And gosh, you know, I just felt that missing piece. And I was like, it would have been so nice because I'm always in my head by one of my top five strengths, Gallup strength is futuristic. So mm-hmm. I'm always thinking in the future and I was like, it would be so nice if it was shared with a child and showing them around the city hmm. and everything. And then as I'm saying that to myself, I, and I kind of almost started to cry, but I couldn't cry because you were like laying there. And of course, every time I cry, even when I'm trying to cry silently and have that Denzel Washington cry, had that one tear <laughs> roll down my face from glory. You like, roll over. what's wrong? Because are you when okay? you cry, you, you're breaking down. Like and it's the whole shoulder. Yeah, it's like your the, shoulders are hunched. It's like the Harlem shake. It's, <laughs> like you, it's like you got the chills. It's like yeah. you, you're breaking down. It's like a thousand so, breakdowns. And then, and so we had shared a room, you know. With our brother and sister, and said, "I don't want to have this whole thing happening, and, and no explanation of why, why this whole thing was happening." So so silly, right? So anyway, so and then as I'm thinking this, then I had this thing like I started in my mind trying to connect dots. Well, am I now? Because I'm not feeling well, and I said within myself, "I was like, nah, mm-hmm. I'm not," because mm-hmm. I had taken so many tests with the anticipation, and, and not and they to were negative. Mention, like you were experiencing like digestion issues so there was like some heartburn Mm -hmm. and there was some nausea and the reason why i remember this is because oh my gosh you were i was feeding you alka seltzers like yeah yeah the pepto-bismol and the alka seltzer and they would like help you momentarily yeah momentarily and then i would just go back into this whole just reflux of just not feeling well the stomach issues so with that being said I um, had that brief, you know, inclination like, well, am I? It'd be, it'd be nice if I went, but then it was like, now nah, I'm not. So we go through that trip 
on the way home, still on the flight, I'm not feeling well. Mm -hmm. So we had planned two back-to-back trips because now this was right around, we went in May, right around, and then when we got back from D.C., Mm -hmm. we went to San Diego and Mm -hmm. then met... Um, our brother and sister flew from D.C. to San Diego and met us there for Memorial Day weekend. Yep. And we spent time with our family in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So even in San Diego, I'm still sick. And, and I like, literally remember on the road trip stopping at a random oh yeah, Chevron. Yeah, because we drove there. Yes. Yeah, stopping at a random mm-hmm. because we were in the hills, right? Yes. And the hills were not doing well with you. Oh, my gosh. I thought so I was going to So I stopped at this random Chevron. I want to say Rancho Cucamonga, but it wasn't no, that. No, I don't And know. I got you some Alka-Seltzer. Yes. And you were like, oh, thank God for the Alka-Seltzer. Yes. And I had, you know, my salsa water on top of the Alka-Seltzer, and I'm just doing all these remedies and trying to feel better. So I'm still sick in San Diego. We come back home, and it was like, you were like, okay, something is wrong with you. Yeah, We because, have to figure this out. Yeah, because I think once we returned back home... I feel like you were like laying on the couch shivering and you were vomiting. Yeah, I was. And I was just so just out of it. And you were like, okay, you've been sick now. At this point, it's like two weeks. Yes. And so it was the same day we drove back. We Uh hadn't even unpacked. Yeah. I was like, okay, we're going to get this luggage out. You laid on the couch and I'm just sitting on that chair staring Mm -hmm. at you. Mm Mm-hmm. And I finally said, you know what? We are getting ready to go to urgent care. And Which I, is your go-to. You are absolutely. urgent care king. And you've gotten better about absolutely. urgent care because urgent care is super high. So I always resisted. I'm like, no. Well, People just call me, the doctor. What, what is your primary care doctor? Primary care doctor. I can tell you an address. <laughs> I'll pop up to what I'm sick. Right. I can tell you where I primarily get my care from. But let, I can't tell you where my primary care doctor But we have to let the record show now that you have your primary care doctor and I have you going... Yeah. And with she our on my nerves. But it's a love-hate relationship, but you all do well together and it's consistency. We know our co-payments and all that great stuff, and we don't have these all these astronomical out-of-pocket expenses that come with urgent care. So I anyway, care yes, because they, they primarily care about you, sir. So but when I'm in urgent need, I like to go to urgent no, care. We try to do a triage in the sweet household before you go to urgent care. So we went to urgent we care. We went to urgent care though, because my triage was out the door. This was an emergency. It was because I was starting to get concerned too. Yeah, it was late at night. Uh, uh doctor's offices were closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were able to get us in. So we we get to the urgent care. Mm-hmm. They bring you back. Yeah. And, and they're like asking me all, you know, going through all the, the symptoms. Questions. How are you feeling? How long have you been feeling this? What are your symptoms? Um, is there any pain? And I'm like, no. And I'm kind of telling them what it is. They're like, well, did you eat something? Could it be food poisoning? All this kind of stuff. And then she asks, well, when was your period? Was your last period? And then that's when I was like, ooh. And I started counting in my head. I said, well, I should be due for one, but it's because not here. Because at this here. point, we were consistent. Yeah, we were consistent. Yeah, my periods were consistent at this point. And so I was like, oh, it kind of like registered with me. She's like, well, let's just do a pregnancy test to rule that out. But, you know, we're going to do some other testing. I remember her asking, what is the likelihood that you may be pregnant? And yeah. we like, not high. Okay, I'm a, drinking water and I'm going to spend my water. It was a one in 100,000 for me. A one in one, it's, it's not high. Yeah. And so she was like, well, we're going to do the test anyway. So I was like, okay. And I don't know about you ladies out there, but every time I have to do a pregnancy test, I cannot pee. It's like my pee just stays up there like, nope, I ain't coming down. 
You have to figure this out. And I'm just staring like, here comes the drama. And so, uh, the drama? Yeah. Okay. Anyways. But I was able to pee, but it took a minute. And so when I finally did pee, because I used that trick of, you know, running the water and hopefully hope the water will get me stimulated or I just try to sit there and just get loose on the toilet and just let my body almost go limp like to help it come down. You could really graphic. Well, <laughs> I'm just... It's hard for me to pee. It's hard for me to go pee in the stick or the cup or whatever. So you urinated. Urination took place. Urination urination took place, which was great. So we're in the waiting room. We're not the waiting room. We're in the what little office there. Yeah, the Mm -hmm. visitation room. Visitation? No, the examination room. I went to a a mortuary. Visitation room? No, stop. But so she comes back Uh and... and yeah, let's just say she was the nicest pleasant, doctor. Sweet lady. Don't remember her name. Don't remember but her just name. We going should. after dealing with all of the doctors we had dealt with up <gasps> to this point. Man. This lady was It was, was so nice. pleasant. Yes. So you tell it from here because you're fabulous. At so she came in the room and she had this smile on her face. Mm-hmm. And we were like, Yes. Why are you smiling? <laughs> and she was like, your test came back positive like you're you're pregnant right and we stared at each other and i like i'm we're staring at each other now cheesing we were like you are kidding me and she's like yes you're pregnant how she's like how does that sound and i was like great yeah i was like and she was like really yeah happy that we was as happy as she was and so she was like well we can rule out everything else. You don't have the flu or the cold. You have a pregnancy. And I was like, yes. oh my yes. gosh. Yes. And yes. I mean, yes. I'm literally cheesing from ear to ear now. Yes. And that's how I was. And we even have that picture of yes. me cheesing and holding the pregnancy. Because uh, she even like gave me the stick and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And I did and a I video still, on the way home. And I still have the stick. Mm. I have it in my drawer. And, um, yeah, that was, like, my memorial to commemorate this huge event in yeah. our life yeah. that we have been working on for so long. So, anyway, I find out I'm pregnant. I'm so excited. We get in the car. We drive. And immediately, I pull up the camera like you pull I always the camera, do. And you pull up the camera, and we do this video about... What did you say? Okay, you tell it, because I see you looking at me. I don't like, remember the video. Not, you don't remember the video? I remember doing the video, but I don't remember it, like, verbatim. Okay, well... I remember you crying in the video. Yes, well, I cried when we got to the store because what we did is we stopped. We wanted to tell it immediately. We were so excited. Mm-hmm. And so we're in the car. You pull up the video. What I do remember of it, and I would have to look at it to, you know, have it verbatim myself. But you were like, all right, you know, hey, look at the camera, mama, you know. And I was like, oh, my gosh, dad, you know. Mm-hmm. And we were celebrating that and thanking God and praising God mm-hmm. for this occasion and like wow, I'm still in shock. Like you've been around here, but then you, with your comedic edge, you were like you were around here, nauseous and drinking out the salsa <laughs> and all this pepto bismol and wear me out because yeah. you like to say this past few weeks and you're around here pregnant. And I'm like, yeah, wow, I'm pregnant. And so we wanted to tell it, and of course. Initially, the first two people we thought of to tell were your parents. Mm-hmm. And so we stopped at Safeway mm-hmm. and we looked for a grandparent card. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we go in Safeway and that's when it hit me really like, oh my gosh, yeah. I am 
doing something that I had and been anticipating doing for like ever. Mm -hmm. And so here we are now getting this card to say, hey, it was like kind of like, hey, grandma. Yeah. You know. And we met my parents in San Diego. So yeah. this is the night we just got back from a road we, trip. Yeah, we all had just got back from the road trip. They had just made it to their house. We had got to our house. We went to urgent care. We get this card and we head to their house. Head to their house in excitement. And so we go in. And you're like, we're sitting there a little bit, but we're kind of like on the edge, just yeah, fidgety, yeah, yeah, just yeah, like this yeah. nervous. And they just trying, and they're still unpacking clothes. They're like, what are y'all doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and so we finally say, We okay. handed this card. Well, no, we told them, can we go in your room? Because they had, you know, company. Mm -hmm. So we went in their bedroom. Mm -hmm. And so we we're like, we need to talk to you guys. And they were like, okay. And so we're like, talk. We're like no, we want to talk to your room. So anyway, so we go in the room. And as they get in there, they're like, Let me take yes, oh, go ahead. <laughs> so my mother wears glasses. So she's looking and reading this card. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like she wipes her eyes <laughs> through the <laughs> yes. and looks at it again. Yeah. Like, am I dreaming? Am I asleep? Yeah. And so by this time, I don't know whether she hands it to my dad or what, but she looks but, over at us. And she says, are you serious? Uh-huh. And we were like, yeah. And your dad's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, she said, Curtis, they're pregnant. Yeah. And he was like, what? We were like, yeah, yeah. And they were like, and You know my dad's response. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. <laughs> and so your mom, so we hugged and they were excited and all this and that or whatever. And we were like, you know, throughout our last episode, don't tell nobody. Right. Because we wanted to kind of keep it between us until we figured it out. Right. So the next morning, I immediately wake up. Mm -hmm. As soon as the clock hits eight, I'm calling my OB that I was going to see, you know, for preparation and all that. Yep. And, um, I tell them I have a positive pregnancy test and they were like, okay, when's your last period? According to my last period, by this time, I was about 10 weeks mm -hmm. and didn't even know it. Okay. Yep. So yep. they were like, wow, according to your last cycle, Mrs. Sweet, you're about 10 weeks. Um, we have an appointment next week. Can you come in? And yeah. I was like, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So the whole week. I'm just excited mm -hmm. and we're just in glee and just awe and just mm -hmm. amazement and just thankfulness and just the whole gosh, here we are, the euphoria of this final pregnancy. Yep. And it was just, it was so divine. It was so just beautiful. It was yep. just, even, I don't even have all the words to put it into what that felt like. Because we had finally beat the odds, right? Yeah. We had finally beat the odds mm -hmm. after years of trying and asking and hoping and praying. We beat the odds. Yeah. And it was just that whole manifestation. Yeah. And seeing that what the odds were against, mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. beat them and mm -hmm. that it was like, this is possible. Here we are. Yeah. So now we get to the doctor's appointment. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, at the time I'm working... At, as a counselor at this methadone clinic where I had to be there at 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. And so even too in that whole week, it was hard for me to get up and go to work because I was just mm -hmm. sick. And I felt so bad for you. Really? Yes. Aww. I felt so bad. I, I was, was like, just... oh, my little old pregnant wife getting out here to crack a dime. I mean, I had to work started at four. So I was leaving the house at like 3, 15. Ish, sometimes 3.30, but thank God for light traffic at early hours of the morning to go mm -hmm. all the way to Chandler mm -hmm. from Central Phoenix. But I was like, 
yeah, I was out of it. And so I'm at work and just getting by. And so my doctor's appointment came. So I worked from four and I got off at about 1230 in the mm -hmm. afternoon. And so my appointment was scheduled for one o'clock. Right. So I'm going and I'm getting on the freeway. And as I'm getting on the 101 and I'm driving to the doctor's appointment, I was thinking to myself that, you know, I hope this is okay. And just, you know, having that mantra, like trying to be positive and all that. So we get to the doctor's office, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. I meet you there. Yeah, you meet me there because our work schedules are different. And so you have to come during your lunch. So as I'm coming out of the ultrasound room, you're coming in and you're like, is everything okay? And I'm like, they want to take me to the doctor examination room. You were like, okay. And so we go into the doctor's room and then... That's when, and I'll let you tell it. So that's when um, we start noticing her dragging the mouse, right? Mm -hmm. And she's like, I just have to take a few pictures. Um, and the pictures are being taken. The pictures are being taken. He. Yeah. He was he. our doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was a he at this point. And so he's taking pictures, taking pictures, taking pictures, taking pictures. And he says, according to the time frame and according to when you said your last cycle was and according to what I see, it looks like the fetus is at six weeks mm -hmm. and it should be the size of 10 weeks. Right. And then he says at this point we should see a heartbeat mm -hmm. and we don't see a heartbeat right and so it was just this whole bus kill just this just the wind knocked out of the me. air was let out of our sails yeah it was it was let out of our cells just as high as that hot air balloon got with excitement with joy with congratulatory uh confetti and the fireworks and uh, we finally made it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all within a moment it was killed it was killed it was destroyed it wasn't viable because that's what those were his exact words. At this point in the gestation, you do not have a viable pregnancy. It's like there's the stage of the pregnancy, the development isn't for a 10 week pregnancy. And you know and what? Then, it was almost like in a movie where you, uh, like in a war scene or something like that, and they just set off a huge uh, uh, explosive device. Um, and you know how it just makes that ringing noise? Yeah. That's how I felt. Like his um, mouth was moving. But you didn't hear nothing? It was just like a high-pitched ring. Mm. And it was like when I, when I came back mm -hmm. from that, this dude was scheduling a DNC. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because he gave me some options, right? Yeah. So there was no heartbeat. And let me rewind. So as I'm driving on that freeway in that euphoria, um, I'm trying to be positive mm -hmm. because I'm a risk assessor just by nature. And I know that these things can happen. However, I didn't think that a miscarriage necessarily would be in my lot. Again, another lot in life. But 
I was in my thinking of positivity and like, oh, this is going to be a great um, ultrasound. We're going to see a heartbeat. I can't wait to have the pictures of my baby. And then we can announce to the world because I was thinking, you know, 10 weeks, we're only two weeks away from the first sem I mean, semester. Okay. Oh, I've been grading papers all week. My mind <laughs> is spent between COVID-19, this online learning, students mm -hmm. emailing me about grades. I'm all stuck on a semester, but trimester. Mm -hmm. Um... I was like, okay, we're two weeks out. We can announce and be good, right? Mm -hmm. But as I'm driving on the freeway and getting closer to the doctor's appointment, a still voice told me, no heartbeat. And so I'm like, oh, no, no, devil, use a lie. Um, mm -hmm. Get behind me, you under my feet. I've mm -hmm. got the victory. And name it and claiming it and speaking scripture and just, you know, exerting my faith. Mm -hmm. And as he's telling me that, I'm like, I literally heard this and now it's manifesting like no heartbeat for real for real like hmm. why and so I was like okay okay and I said well okay I said okay and I just kept saying okay 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 so as we're leaving the ultrasound room they then take us into the doctor's office to further discuss these options mm -hmm. so then as being the only minority couple Mm-hmm in the clinic, you know, I'm trying to save face So the lady that was the ultrasound tech that was in the room with her I mean with the doctor with him I come around the corner to hear her telling the rest of the staff remember. Oh my gosh Her pregnancy mm -hmm. is inviolable. The baby mm -hmm. doesn't have a heartbeat. I feel mm -hmm. so sorry for them mm -hmm. And I turn and look at her like no mm -hmm. you didn't and the like, reality is, like, this is a pretty high highfalutin mm -hmm. doctor's office, North, North Scottsdale, Scottsdale jinx. Just, jinx. Um, oh. <laughs> and so, it wasn't a fertility clinic. No, it this wasn't is like, a fertility specialist. Well, so he, he had some credentials with that, and he came highly recommended. But he wasn't like in a fertility clinic. He still delivered. He was an OB. Right. And he but let babies. me tell you how highfalutin this office is. So this office is like an office you walk into, and there's waterfalls and stuff like that. Yeah. He was a surgeon. Yes. And he did women's restorative care. Yeah. We're just gonna leave it like that. Yes. And rejuvenation, right? So the doctor's <laughs> office was, and I've never been into one, but like if you watch TV shows, it felt like a plastic surgeon's office. Yeah, it was that really was the vibe that sophisticated you did. upper echelon. Okay, there was more yoga pants in there than uh, Lululemon. Like, okay, it was it yeah. was it was yoga pants. It was white t-shirts, and this type of issue was yeah. not something that they dealt with on a daily basis. Yeah, and because I had women there during my, you know, checkups, as I'm trying to get pregnant, they're like full-blown pregnant, getting mm -hmm. ready to be due any mm -hmm. day now, coming in for their mm -hmm. well-woman's check and all that kind of stuff, the mother-baby check. So, yeah, I come around the corner, and she's, like, telling everybody the business, right? Mm -hmm. And I just look, and as soon as I look at her, she turns beet red, and it's like, oh, I'm so sorry, kind of thing. But I was so kind of trying to keep my poise. Mm -hmm. Um because I didn't want to go off. Yeah. But at and the I, same time, I'm trying to process this and she, unconceivable thing. And she probably thing. did feel sorry yeah. for us because they this was the office that handled your surgery. Yeah. One of the surgeries. So they saw some of the struggle yeah. that led us up to this point. Right. So, but can I, can I, can I talk about how I felt? Yeah, that's okay. why you're here. Come on, man. Okay, so... I felt like 
all we had to do was get pregnant and the rest was clockwork. Okay. Like, I was like, the God I serve mm. would not allow us to go through all of this, mm. get pregnant, and then, and then it not be a viable pregnancy. Like the audacity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just had a Bible study earlier this week and it talked about how Job was questioning God. Mm. And God was like, oh, who you think you is, Job, to okay. even ask me? Come on, Jesus. How to, yeah, how to how to question, but that's how I was. I was like, "There is like Miss what? No yeah. way in the world!" I walked in there, clicking my heels, like, <laughs> like we out here, moving we, on out. We out here in these pregnant <laughs> streets. We <laughs> is the Jeffersons. You was flipping your coat, yeah, high, right. shoulders back. Okay, you like we did that. Came in there with a cigar. <laughs> I didn't plan to smoke. I was, we out here. You know what I mean? We yeah. out here. Because it was just like this. Like when you flick the door open and just stand there for a minute and then walk in. Okay. Like that's where I was. <laughs> we are out here. Have you some super fly music what? in the background? Or yes. yes. But no. Yeah. I mean it was. Show just... me to the mother of my baby. <laughs> I'm like, Show here am me I. to the mother of my baby. But let me say this. So even in our humor, right, because we offer doses of laughter. You know, looking back, like I always tell you, so much has happened. Yeah. And so you have to laugh at your pain. And even when we were in pain, we were still laughing. This is just what we do. So us laughing isn't minimizing the loss. No. It is a coping mechanism. But at the same time. It is letting you know where I was. Yeah. I was on. If there was a cloud 12, I was on cloud 12. Yeah. So just as high as I got. It was a low. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It was like the two ends of the spectrum. There was no kind of in between for you. Right. And so when we, so go into the doctor's office and I'll talk about the ride home. Well, yeah. Well, see, we were in separate cars. Right. Because I hadn't met you there. And looking back, I should have just gotten in the car with you. But Right. So let's go back to these options. So we go into the doctor's office. But we were so used to hearing devastating news at these doctor's offices. Yeah. And and having to take separate cars home as we met there and was just trying to make sure we was there to support one another. Yeah. It was a piece of it that. It was a norm. It was a norm. That's what we did. Yes. And so he then proceeds to say our options. He said, okay, Mrs. Sweet, you know. he And he was very, um, he had better bedside manners than some other physicians. At this point, he At did. this point, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at this point. But that's a whole nother type of situation that we'll talk about. But anyway... So he says, you can let your body naturally process it. He kind of estimated that within the week or so, mm-hmm. I should pop my body should be possibly discharging, you know, this fetus. This, and he, of course, referred to his fetus, but I consider it a baby. Mm, no, um, he referred to it as tissue. Oh, there you go. He mm-hmm. did. Tissue. Mm-hmm. Okay, tissue. See, thank you. You bring things mm-hmm. to my remembrance. Because I'm sitting there saying, how dare Yeah, because I was like, it's a baby to me. Continue to refer to my baby as tissue. Right, tissue. Tissue is right here what I'm getting ready to use to wipe my wife's tears. Yeah. That is my baby. And so, in the doctor's office, when he was giving me the information, speaking of tears, I didn't cry because I was so shocked. Right. And right. I then began to feel embarrassed i was so embarrassed why i was embarrassed for two reasons one i was embarrassed for coming around the corner and that lady 
talking like they were right. in a huddle. Remember, right. it was like they was running plays or something. They were right. in a huddle right. talking about my situation. Why? Why nurses always huddled up like that? Nasty. So anyway, then. I was embarrassed because then we had shared this news with your mom and dad. Right. So then I'm right. thinking about how in the world, and they were so excited. Right. And because we had waited so long. Because at this point, it's 2012. Right. It's 2012. And so it had been nearly eight years. Yeah, because we started in um, officially about 2005. Yeah, January 2005, 2005 is when we really yeah. put a lens on it. So it had been seven years January, since we February, had got yeah, that diagnosis. And so they were so excited and I was, I immediately started feeling embarrassed. I felt so embarrassed. And then I kept saying, I'm sorry, babe. I'm sorry, babe. And you were like, don't Ooh, apologize. Why are you apologizing? I was like, I'm just sorry. I just, I felt like it, I didn't feel necessarily it was my fault. I felt like, how come I didn't know I wasn't, this wasn't a viable right, pregnancy. It was right, like, right. how? I should have been able to tell. I should have like, been able to tell. tell? tell? Like, what you going to do? Put your hand on your stomach and be able to tell? Like, how mm-hmm. would you, how would you be able to tell? I don't know. But in my mind, I was thinking that I should have been able to know that. Because at this point, I was very in tune with my body to a point. You're probably like, well, how are you in tune with your body? You're allegedly 10 weeks pregnant and not know it. Yeah, it just... And that's what, you know, took me by surprise. It's like, how did I not know this? Well, and what could I have done differently and, to And part of it was us this? planning this basically a two and a half week trip that we yeah. had coming up. And so. Uh-huh. And so it was all these variables involved with it. So we leave. Well, oh, no. Let me go back. I keep putting the cart before the horse. So he was like, this tissue, you can let it discharge on its own. But then he goes through all the side effects of that. And he was like, and even possibly bleeding out. And I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen. I was like, well, what is another option? And he was like, well, you can do a DNC. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, what is that? And he started explaining it's basically a surgical procedure to remove the tissue mm-hmm. from the uterine wall. And he then let me know that I, it's um, uh, not in too... Um, harsh he said but there could be scarring that could cause future miscarriages or inability to get pregnant Mm -hmm. he said there could be other complications because he said we will put you under some anesthesia and there's you know complications with that and so he goes through all the risks and so i decided to go with a dnc because i didn't want this whole unknown of any day now just waiting for this to discharge mm-hmm. from my body mm-hmm. and I could be at work or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be and I just don't want to put myself in a vulnerable situation to where I would have to I was thinking being rushed to the hospital or something mm-hmm. by this, I was scared mm-hmm. I was scared so I felt and I had had surgeries before um, female reproductive surgeries and so I felt that route and then too and part of that was you know sometimes some people consider that an abortion and I've heard these conversations and had conversations with mm-hmm. women about that and I'm just like no mm-hmm. to me it wasn't an abortion and I know if you're listening you probably like that sounds crazy I know it sounds crazy that's why I'm addressing it because I've heard people talk this foolishness mm-hmm. for me it was an abortion because there wasn't any heartbeat mm-hmm. it's one thing to take a pregnancy that is viable and discharge it Versus a non-viable pregnancy with a heartbeat. And I know there are situations out there and I'm not God and I'm not judge or jury and I'm not judging anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, we all in life have choices. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, I chose to have a DNC, which I felt was in the best interest of my body. Mm-hmm. So stop checking my uterus and 
what I felt was in the best interest of my husband, our relationship. Mm -hmm. Because I know your chief concern was, am I okay? Right, because it was already a traumatic experience that mm -hmm. this thing that we had prayed and believed God for us was was snatched from us just so abruptly. Yeah. The last Literally thing within I a week to span. Do, yeah. The last thing I wanted to do was add additional trauma of the 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 fetus or the scientific term of tissue being passed at a moment that couldn't be any worse. Not to mention mm -hmm. the employer that you had was super janky. And it wasn't like you could just say, I need a week off to deal with this yeah, and to let my some... body do. So it was like everything needed to be scheduled because. Well, I think that's even something to talk about, too, because I had to schedule this medical procedure, which he said I needed about maybe two to three days to be at home and recover. Mm -hmm. And so when I had met with him, this was on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to schedule it. Mm -hmm. um, we scheduled it within 24, 48 hours. Yeah. And so I had the weekend to recover mm -hmm. and all that. So I had to request time off. And one of her questions was, you know, um, are you okay? I said, I had to have a medical procedure. And she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. And that's when I kind of, went there with her and I disclosed to her. I said, hey, I just found out I'm pregnant. However, it's not a viable pregnancy and I have to have this medical procedure. And as I'm talking, she's like, oh, shall we get That's fine. That's fine. Go ahead. Take care of it. So she was cool mm -hmm. in that instance, but there was some apprehension of letting her know mm -hmm. because we had just, and again, I was working a shift at 4 a.m. This started at 4 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. And she would like try to have these arguments at four o'clock in the morning. And one morning mm -hmm. I had to tell her, she was in my office door. I said, look, it's too early in the morning for this. I'm barely waking up. I was like, you need to get back on that. I said, I can't, I can't this morning. I said, so you, I told her, so you come back to my office, talk to me about this about seven o'clock because it's not even 4.30. But how early <laughs> are you going to work to I where have... you tell somebody to come back at seven? <laughs> And it's better. Okay. I had to tell her that one morning. I was like, I can't. You you crowded me with all this this morning about these customers who are these clients that are getting methadone treatments. And I, I just can't this morning. I can't. So anyway, so I had the procedure mm -hmm. and I came through that. But let me go back because I'm talking about the procedure, but on the ride home from the doctor's appointment. Yeah. So I'm in my car, you're in your car, and you call me, of course, on the phone. Mm -hmm. And when you were like, Mika, and that's when I just started bawling. Mm -hmm. I was just crying. Mm -hmm. And you were yeah, like, I was crying too. Yeah. You know. I know you were, but you were checking on me. And then it was like, I kept telling you, I'm sorry, sorry. And I told you, you remember, I said, I'm embarrassed. Mm -hmm. and I was like, how am I going to tell your parents? And you were like, tell my parents, that's the least of your word right now. Mm -hmm. We need to figure this out and just Make go sure with it. Right. Make sure we are right. I mean, I was so embarrassed. And so we had told your parents we were going to that doctor's appointment. Mm -hmm. And so I was crying so, and I told you, I said, I need to focus on driving. I said, I can't even... I can't talk right now, Desi. I said, babe, I'll mm -hmm. talk to you because we at that point we were headed back to the mm -hmm. house. You had called in and said you weren't going to be in the rest of the day. Matter of fact, you was like, I'm not going to be in for the rest of the week because mm -hmm. you needed to tend to me. And so as in, um, I'm telling my perspective at this point, and when we hung up, I was crying and I just was like, Lord, how how can this be? And I was like, I'm I was almost like, and I'm 
about to tear up now thinking about it, but I was like, what did I do? Why is this, you know, happening to me? And I told God in that moment, I said, you know what? I'm not mad. I couldn't be mad, you know? And I said, God, I'm not mad. I said, I'm really not upset about it. I said, I'm disappointed. I said, my heart is broken, but I'm not mad. And saying that now and I'm getting tearful about it and even then getting tearful about it it was because I was so disappointed it was more disappointment for me Mm -hmm. because for me when I got pregnant in that whole crescendo of everything happening in this um, euphoria of being pregnant and the idea of it immediately I started thinking of what sex is it gonna be Mm -hmm. is it gonna be a boy or girl what are we gonna name it Mm -hmm. okay um I need to do this. I was just planning. I went into planning mode. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about what would it look like? Mm-hmm. Will he have your eyes, my height? Mm-hmm. Or not that your height isn't good, but you know, if it was a boy, I was like, he'd be about six six, whatever. What? So <laughs> But um I was just like thinking in my head of everything. Mm-hmm. I even saw kindergarten pictures. Right, right. I right, saw right, like right. what we will look like as a family in twenty years. Within a week span. So for me finding out I was pregnant until that ultrasound. Mm-hmm. All this stuff was going through my head. I was like, okay, we got to open up an account for a college. Yeah, we got to, yeah, and I was yeah, talking yeah. to you about stuff. Yeah. And we were just in planning mode. So I was so disappointed. Yeah, we were trying to figure out, is it, do, are we going to have to buy a house? Are we going to be able yeah. to stay here? Because we were in a condo at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to buy a house? Are we going to yeah. stay here? car we have work is it safe you know yeah. all of these type of things that come with preparation for a baby yeah is where we were and so in the car i was just crying and just telling god how disappointed i was i wasn't mad i was just disappointed my heart was broken and i just couldn't it was like a really really just heartache mm-hmm. and that's the really first time in my life i felt heartache and the agony of my heart, literally the melancholy, the the anguish, the really true grief. And I've mm-hmm. grieved loved ones, you know, and I grieved my grandmother really bad as, you know, Hattie is named mm-hmm. in her honor. Um, but it was just a lot that I had to just try to wrap my mind around Mm -hmm. I couldn't conceptualize the fact it was inconceivable Mm -hmm. for me for this to be happening because I thought too to a degree again that once conception happened Mm -hmm. it was just smooth selling from there because it took so long to get there that was the hard thing I've been down so long it looked like up to me yeah that was the hard thing was we just need to conceive once we conceive like the conveyor belt will start, the body will kick in, yeah. and it will just everything will happen like normal. Yeah, I was already buying ranch and pickles, <laughs> <laughs> just thinking that was gonna be my craving, right? Yeah, like I was just I was just ready to be that supportive husband. I was ready to start creating a pregnancy stories so I could have my jokes. I mean, I was ready. Yeah, yeah. So we got home, and I went right. To the bed, got yeah, in the bed, yeah, yeah, you and were, I was just crying, yeah, crying, crying, yeah, crying. We were done. We both got in the bed, and yeah, just hugged each other. And so by that time, and I don't know. So you were in the car. What did you call your mom or anything in the car? My parents. Okay. I called my parents when you hung up and was like, "I need to focus on driving. I'll see you when I get to the house." Yeah, 
And so when we got in the car, I remember your mom called or you called her or when we got home and I was laying in the bed and she just got on the phone and was like, you know, we're here for you. And right. she's I like, just put her on sorry. speaker because you wasn't talking. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, okay. And she was cool. Like she showed good empathy and was just like, I'm going to let y'all be click mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I know they probably went and prayed and did their own thing. And I mm-hmm. never really followed up with them about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe years later, I think we did have a conversation about that moment. And she said, yes that they were tore up about it yeah, yeah. and you know they just yeah. kind of let us heal mm-hmm. and she had a concern about me to make sure I was okay concerning it but again not knowing how to bring it up mm-hmm. um, but with that being said it was just devastating mm-hmm. I was devastated so I have the DNC at this point and I'm recovering from that because mm-hmm. we had it really quick mm-hmm. and then I started to I believe it was the next day yeah, I want to say so too. Yeah, it was it was like within 24, 48 hours. Yeah, well, and you would think something like that. You no, remember? I think it was the day after it, because you had that conversation with your leader. Yeah, it was the day after. Yeah. The day went by, yeah. so we had it within a forty-eight hour period, and so I'll never forget it. I was laying there getting ready to um, go, and your parents did come to the DNC mm-hmm. because I wanted them to be there for support for you. Because I know that yeah, you, you were. Told me that. Yeah, I wanted them to come to support you through it because I didn't want you just in the waiting room um, and dealing with something like that because I know that it was just, it was traumatizing for the both of us. Mm-hmm. And um, the doctor came in and he rubbed my feet. I remember that and told me about the surgery and everything and mm-hmm. how it was going to be. And then I remember, you know. I, I always before I go under I always remember going under it's like I can remember the operating room mm-hmm. and then I remember waking up mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then that's just odd but anyway so we go home we're recovering and you get me that was that when you got me that clam chowder corn chowder corn chowder from mm-hmm. where was it Mimi's. Mimi's cafe and that was a wreck because then I threw that up all over the place yeah and it was just dealing with that. So it was the healing process, right, of now coming through this miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And again, I was disappointed. You know, I looked at what could be and what it was and all that. Um, and let me, I have some information because um, I want to drop knowledge on, you know, miscarriage and looking at it. Because at the time, I felt like, again, this was an isolated issue. Mm-hmm. I really hadn't had in-depth conversations with women about miscarriages. Mm-hmm. At this point, I had began to realize that it was common because just going through our infertility treatments mm-hmm. and realizing, okay, it's not as uncommon as I thought it was. But at the same time, I didn't assume that in my close circle that people were having them. And mm-hmm. they were. Mm-hmm. And so according to marchofdimes.org, Miscarriage is when a baby dies in the womb before 20 weeks of pregnancy. Some women have a miscarriage before they know they're pregnant. And that can even be classified as like a chemical pregnancy Mm -hmm. because it happens, but then it doesn't um, progress and it's like a period afterwards. Um, According to March of Dying's, we don't know all the causes of miscarriage, but problems with chromosomes in the genes cause most. It can take a few weeks to a month or more for your body to recover from a miscarriage. It may take longer to recover emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, physical scars heal. And even, you know, in counseling, 
if you're dealing with somebody with trauma, you're really dealing with the emotional part of the trauma. Yeah. You're not dealing with necessarily the physical. Because if I hit you in the eye, which I wouldn't, <laughs> you would get a black eye, but you can recover from that. But it's the whole scarring, like, why did you hit me in the eye? Yeah. How did it get here? Yeah. You know, what did I do to cause you to hit me in the eye? And for me, yeah. it was that whole thing of why did I have a miscarriage? How did it happen? Why did it happen to me? How can I prevent this? Yeah. Do I need to do something differently? And then according to March of Dimes, it says miscarriage, also called early pregnancy loss, is when a baby dies in the womb, like I said, 20 weeks earlier. And then it goes on to say, most miscarriages happen in the first trimester before the 12th week of pregnancy. Miscarriage in the second trimester, because that happens too, you know, between 13 to 19 weeks of pregnancy happens in one to five and 100. So between one to 5% in pregnancies, as many as half of all pregnancies may end in miscarriage. And they don't know exactly the numbers because miscarriage may happen before a woman knows she's pregnant. Most women who miscarry go on to have healthy pregnancies later. And so I want to focus on that part because um, some women go on to have healthy pregnancies and through that, the even the conception itself mm-hmm. and part of my healing that helped me emotional was the reality that it happened. Mm-hmm. And so I literally, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I was in my office after I had come back from the DNC and I was still processing that. And I literally said to myself, Lord, I thank you that it happened mm-hmm. because one, it happened naturally. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any... Um, medical intervention at this point. We weren't going through IUI or IVF treatment. Mm -hmm. It happened with us just loving on each other and God allowed it to happen. Mm -hmm. And and not insinuating if you have IUI or IVF, you're not loving on each other. But just, you know, whatever. In the Bible, I knew you. You knew me. All right. You knew me well. So so we knew each other Uh and it happened. Mm -hmm. And so I said, Lord, I thank you that it happened. And I said, Mm -hmm. I'm still disappointed but it happened and i thank you for Mm -hmm. that and at that time that's when tamil man's song take me to the king had just come out Mm -hmm. and when i tell you even to this day that's my number one song of all time and i know some people think it's whack it's played out but honey if you ain't never had to be laid at the master's feet Mm -hmm. from a heartache disappointment Mm -hmm. then you don't really get it Mm -hmm. because there's some things in life that only he can fix. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't fix it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't fix it. The mm-hmm. doctors couldn't fix it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, take me to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I need to be at his feet. Mm-hmm. My heart, like the lyrics were saying, because mm-hmm. I told the Lord, my heart was broken to pieces. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm trying not to tear up again. But my heart was so broken. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't know where else to go. Mm-hmm. Like I would hear the older saints say, there's no other help I know. Mm-hmm. I need you to help me. I, I can't get through this by myself. And through my disappointment and my grief and my um, heartache, he was the only one that could fix it. And that song, and if I ever in life have a chance to meet Tamala Mann and Kurt Franklin because he wrote it, but God anointed her to sing it, mm-hmm. I would give them such a big hug and just like, thank you. And that song really ministered and continues to minister to me because... That was a very traumatic and just emotional situation. Mm-hmm. But that hope of it happened, and I started to have the faith to believe that 
he could do it again. Sure. He could do it again. Sure. Because we beat the odd. Mm-hmm. And so even though it wasn't the result mm-hmm. that we were hoping for, it was we beat the odd. Right. And so, um, and you've shared the message of hope and encouragement this week already. So it's like drop mic and move on. <laughs> no. But, um, but yeah. We just have to continue to look to God to show us his presence, even in our most difficult times. Mm-hmm. When we look back at this, we can still see that God's handprint was all over it. So we look at situations like this and we continue to walk forward, knowing that while the result wasn't what we were hoping for, he was still there present and showing his strength. So. Whatever that may look like, feel like, sound like for you, um, just know that God is there. Know that he's walking with you and he's talking with you. And family and friends may expect you to get over this very soon Mm -mm. if you have struggled or if you have dealt with something like a miscarriage. Um, But it is a true loss. And there are phases that you will go through. Yeah. One of the most difficult times for us that year was Christmas. Yeah. Because it was around that time that our baby was supposed to be born. The due date was December 27th, to be exact. Mm -hmm. And so I had in my head, because I was already thinking futuristically Mm -hmm. of having this Christmas baby. Mm -hmm. And the holiday season, it was going to be this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't. So let's talk about, about that. Let's unpack that. So we go to watch night every Mm -hmm. year for, um, to bring in the new year Mm -hmm. at church. And I was sitting there during watch night Mm -hmm. and I was on my period Mm -hmm. and I lost it. Wow. And I was saying, I was supposed to end this year with a baby and here I am and upflow is here. What the heck? Mm -hmm. And I just sat in church and I was like, God. Again, I need you to, I don't know what this year is going to bring because we leave in 2012, Mm -hmm. heading into a new year, and it's not what I expected. It is not the year I expected. Mm -hmm. I knew this was going to be my year, and Mm -hmm. here we are leaving the year and going into a new year, and I'm back in the same old thing, same old struggle. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Like, I was like, God, you got to fix this. Going into what? The ninth year? Yeah. Yeah, because that was 2012, so now 2013. And I said, Lord, help me. Hmm. I don't know. And I was really at the point, like, I don't know how much. And I was and I was giving him praise because, you know, mm-hmm. in Watch Night, it's a whole reflection. Mm-hmm. And I'm a reflective person anyway. And mm-hmm. sometimes you tell me I get too far into my thoughts. But analytical. <laughs> I am analytical. But at the same time, I was just looking in retrospect of the year and what could have been. Mm-hmm. And now here I was and my reality was totally different from what I had hoped it to be. And so my hope, that glimmer of hope that I needed was, God, you did it before. You showed me that you can do it. Mm-hmm. Can you show me again? Mm-hmm. Can you help us out here? <laughs> like, yeah. And so I was in watch night service on my period. Which is like the furthest uh antithesis or opposite of yeah. what you were expecting you expected to be at home recovering nursing a baby nursing a baby and here you are watch night experiencing what the body tells you to fortify mm-hmm. there is no pregnancy right 
Right. And so I had to do that. And I still, there's still moments too. I don't know if you all can relate to this, but sometimes I think about how old that child would be now. Mm -hmm. I think about um, on that date around like the due date. I think about what could have been even sometimes during the day that I had the um, DNC around Mm -hmm. that time. I think about that. Mm -hmm. So I'm always thinking about what could have been Mm -hmm. and thinking about where it would be now Mm -hmm. had he would have an older sibling Mm -hmm. or, you know. Do you ever just sometimes just cry? Yeah. Sometimes I I do. do. I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I do. I cry and I think about it and like. Just reflective of what could have been and what the natural man tells us what should have been mm-hmm. um, but absolutely absolutely because um, the reality is when we got married we expected a few children yeah I mean I told you I wanted five yeah you know and I was cool with settling up around two to three yeah but I it's always thinking about that coulda woulda shoulda mm-hmm. how why when you know mm-hmm. those critical questions and those reflective responses that you kind of give to yourself in the terms of disappointment and having the unexpected happen and processing the inconceivable. And I just, I had to hold on in that moment of that service of what could be. Mm. And so I um, actually came across this on Instagram and I saw it on Sherry Shepard's IG because I follow her. And it's this um, mini documentary or this mini video and it's called 19 weeks and I encourage you all to check it out and it gives the perfect depiction of loss and miscarriage Hmm. and as I was watching it and it's through did you share it on the beyond conception page I am so it'll be on there so check that out and it's at um, distro films and so we're gonna share it yeah I'm gonna share okay Okay. yeah I'll share it but it depicted everything because I don't want to give it away but in Mm -hmm. this mini it's maybe like 15 minutes in 15 minutes they hit the nail on the head with it Mm. and it really capsulizes everything that I I felt and maybe for some it's different but even in loss one thing even too that I would encourage you to bring you and your spouse closer together because I even had to realize too that it wasn't necessarily about me, but I was checking with you like, are you okay? How mm-hmm, are you processing mm-hmm. this? And you did very, very, very well with that. Well, thank you. I tried, you know, because mm-hmm. it was something to um, process. And I know that it wasn't about me. It was about us because you had your, like you said, you came through with the whistles blowing thinking, where's where's my baby mama? Mm-hmm. Even though I don't like that term, but where's the mother of my child? I was like, I was like on Martin. Hey Detroit, hey Detroit, oh Marty Mars having a baby. Yeah, so that's a thing. You you have that. And so it's like, what do you do when the rug is pulled off from under you? Mm-hmm. When your hopes and dreams are diminished, mm-hmm. you have to find pieces of hope. Mm-hmm. That's the time to even have that mustard seed faith, right? the word tells us if we have the faith of a mustard seed that we can speak to a mountain mm-hmm. and as we know we've seen these analogies in church you know somebody didn't bring out the mustard seed or whatever it's very very small mm-hmm. but that's all we need mm-hmm. is that peace and that's what I was trying to hold on to because mm-hmm. that could be a critical area for the devil to come in mm-hmm. and make you mad and bitter 
And even if you have been mad and bitter at God in the situation, that's okay. He's big enough to handle it. Mm -hmm. And he knows, he already knows how you're going to respond in it. And we're human and we don't always make the best choices or think right and do right. But we serve a loving, forgiving, sovereign God. And all we have to do is just say, help, help me through this. He will never leave us or forsake us. Yes. Ever, ever. Mm -hmm. In our most lowest of points, in our most desperate of times, in our most difficult situations. He will never leave us or forsake us. Mm -hmm. We're never alone with him. Mm -hmm. Ever, ever, ever. Yeah. And even as I always said, and I tell you this, you probably heard it a million times, is where I would even tell God, help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. Because just like the man, he wanted the healing for his child in the Bible. And Jesus was like, well, do you believe? And he was like, yeah, but help my unbelief. I don't, I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we are not there. So we have to say, you know, help me to get there. And he will help you. He will strengthen you. He will fortify you and just rejuvenate you and mount you up Mm -hmm. on wings like eagle. And so we have to hold on to that. So hold on to it. Mm -hmm. And in loss, you know, go through that grieving process, process that, seek professional help, seek wise counsel, pray, you know, try to think as positive as you can. And just those pieces of hope mm-hmm. and faith can definitely get you through. Yeah. And and we just like to think about um, the miscarriage as, as an angel that God allowed and, and entrusted to us for a moment. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I see you grabbing on your yeah. trauma bracelet. Go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. Because this is, we're big on making a memorial. Mm-hmm. And in the memorial, it's an homage to God of what he's done and for us to tell of his goodness. Mm-hmm. So during that time frame, um, it was the following year, Mother's Day 2013. Yeah. Yeah. We were coming off of the hills of this loss and coming around the time wow. of when we found out we were pregnant during that Labor Day weekend. And it was Mother's right. Day weekend and I was just right. kind of not feeling it that year. And I never really was because right. I was like, it's not my turn. Right. But I was trying to be celebratory of other mothers, but I was definitely wanting it for myself. And so I never forget it. I was sitting on the couch in the living room. I was sitting in your chair in the living room. Mm-hmm. And we, you were getting ready for church. And I was sitting there watching Jake's like I do before church, you know. And you came in and you said, I have something I want to give you. And you handed me this Jared's box. And you began to tell me that I know it's Mother's Day. And I know you may be a little down. And oh my God, I'm about to cry again. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's just, this is emotional. And you were like, I know it's Mother's Day, and I know that you are not feeling like Mother's Day being in a celebratory mood. And I want to give you this to let you know that by faith, I believe that we're going to have a child. And that this is for you to remember our angel. And that it may not be here, but it'll be with you always. And you handed me a Pandora bracelet with this angel on it mm-hmm. and every time i looked at it and even to this day when i look at it it reminds me of what god did mm-hmm. that we beat the odds mm-hmm. and that we were able to overcome that and mm-hmm. on this charm we have all of it now that leads and there's other things on here but what i like about this charm bracelet now and i wear it every day and every time i have an opportunity to share with people this is part of my testimony is that the charm bracelet starts with 
the, the loss, the miscarriage. Mm -hmm. But then it ends after I had Hattie. You got me a charm with a little girl on it mm -hmm. to show Hattie there. Mm -hmm. And so, and then it has everything else in between there that represents the other charms. But those two things, mm -hmm. it's just boom, mind blown. Mm -hmm. So that's my hope in that, you know, that charm bracelet and making that memorial. So you as a husband, you were very supportive in that. And you spoke faith into me because there are times where I didn't have the faith and you did and, and or vice versa. But in that moment, I don't, and I told you, and this is the first time I cried when you gave me a gift. Yeah. Because I never cry when you give me a gift. Even when mm -hmm. you proposed to me, I didn't cry. Mm -hmm. But when you got me this, I was in tears. Mm -hmm. I was in tears. Yep. I, I, I knew that we were, um, that we were getting ready to, to, to face some tough time because the baby should have been approximately six months at that time um, and we had no baby so uh, discernment thank God for discernment yeah thank God for the for the uh, for the entrusting of the I know we use Holy Spirit but I'm from the old school thank Say God it. for the entrusting of the Holy Ghost Come on. Um, and unctioning me to do these things because we're not alone mm -hmm. and sometimes if we hold that supportive role we don't know what to do and mm -hmm. so when we don't know what to do we can depend on the Holy Ghost to walk us through those things. And so uh, the whole gamut of, of who we are, who we're looking to become and all of these things, um, we put that in the hand of God. And so if God made you a promise, Come on. whatever that promise is, mm -hmm. he's no shorter than his promise. He will always honor his promise. Um, he's not a deadbeat dad. He doesn't leave us forsaken he doesn't push us to the side we may feel like we're being ignored but we're ever present in his mind and yes. he's concerned about us um and i say all the time that we can cast our cares on him for he cares for us so whatever it is that you're having difficulty conceiving yeah um god is a god that will manifest everything that he promised yeah so hang in there take care um, ran a little long this week. We don't know if this is going to be the norm or whether it will <laughs> not. Um, but everything but happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Be encouraged. Yes. Uh, walk in faith. Believe God. Mm -hmm. um, live life putting him first. And um, you're, you're destined to beat the odds. Mm -hmm. You're destined to beat the odds. Yeah. You will beat the odds. And yeah, like you said, it's we're talking about infertility journey, but there's areas in our life to where we may be infertile in our career, mm -hmm. in relationship, mm -hmm. in finance, mm -hmm. in just purpose and opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like you said, if we are faithful to the Lord mm -hmm. and if we seek him, you know, mm -hmm. and try to be diligent and, and this, and some people may say, well, not everybody's story is ending mm -hmm. with a baby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The point is, is that, it's looking at in those dark moments. Yeah. How do you get through it? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you have to. Oh, go ahead. I mean, because the, the the I was cutting you off. Actually, oh, okay, but, no problem. But, but I forgot what I was going to say. But go ahead. Yeah, but thank you for your understanding. Yeah. Um, but the odds would say that after a miscarriage, you're supposed to just never be able to move forward and to never be able to process life and to never be able to see the ray of hope and mm -hmm. to never be able to celebrate next steps. Mm -hmm. 
that you should be crippled in everything that you do mm -hmm. as far as progressing forward and moving. Uh -huh. But we don't have to be susceptible to that. Right. God is a God of grace. He's a God of peace. He's a God of love. He's a God of understanding. Mm -hmm. And even after these most difficult times, just like you at that watch night service, mm -hmm. totally opposite from where you expect it to be. Yeah. You beat the odds and still being able to praise him in the middle of it, knowing that he was in divine control. Right. And like I tell my students all the time, when we look at statistics, statistics show us what could be by a sample of a population of people. Mm -hmm. What we know with statistics is, is that people beat the odds of those statistics if you come from a single parent background mm -hmm. or domestic violence um, situation or coming through alcohol and drugs, that everyone isn't always acceptable to um, those statistics, you can beat the odds at anything. So with that being said, you know, um, on March of Dimes website, it says marchofdimes.org, it says what are repeated miscarriages because some women have multiple miscarriages. And um, we'll talk about that in a later episode. Right, because but we've if, had multiple. Yeah, we've had multiple. Um, and so it says if you have repeated miscarriages, also called reoccurrent pregnancy loss, you have two or more preg uh, miscarriages in a row. About one in, t I'm sorry, about one in a hundred women, one percent, have repeated miscarriages. Wow. Really? Most women who have repeated miscarriages, seventy-five percent have unknown causes, hmm. because even after you have a miscarriage, they do all of those um, tests to see if it was genetic abnormality or some type mm -hmm. of chromosomal or whatever kind of thing going on, and all of my miscarriages have been just it know. just happened mm -hmm. it's uncaused so that's the 75 percent there it says most women with repeated miscarriages with an unknown cause 65 percent go on to have successful pregnancies mm -hmm. so even with that that's a glimmer of hope that even if you are having multiple miscarriages is looking at the possibility exists mm -hmm. that you can go on to have a viable healthy sustainable pregnancy mm -hmm. all right yep. that's it so, yeah, so thank you all again for listening. I hope and pray that this um, podcast, episode four, has been a blessing to you. We would love to hear from you. Please comment, like, subscri subscribe. I keep getting that word. <laughs> subscribe. I'm so tongue-tied. Anyway, we got to stop doing these at 11 o'clock at night. Say, it, I'm tired. <laughs> it don't help that we're doing these things at midnight. It don't help that we're doing them late at night, but we have to have, it's trying to find time to yeah. do it. Yeah. But with that being said, um, again, thank you. Thank you so much. Again, you can follow us on Instagram at BBE underscore conception. Also, again, you can like us there and subscribe. And I'm tired. What you got to say, Mr. Sweet? Isn't that nice to be said? <laughs> all right. Love you all. Until next time. We'll see you next week. All right.